Lead, lead, lead. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called Now, and an activity called Work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 loiners over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them what they do all day and hear how they feel about it. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? The things that stick out for me, um, uh, there was two things that I really remember. Um, and I remember my, my brother used to draw pictures of me. Um, uh, one was um, I wanted to perform at the Royal Albert Hall, which is kind of a specific and I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> but um, I remember my brother drawing pictures of me standing on the stage at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, so I guess, yes, I always wanted to perform in some way, whether that be singing or acting, etc. The other thing, um, which is kind of random, is I think that's because I didn't really know what it meant, is I wanted to be an environmental health officer. Okay. But I think that's because I thought it was to do with the environment. Yeah, you, uh, you check in the <laughs> health of the environment. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I, I was brought up in Brighton, so I've always had uh, green leaning tendencies and um, and I thought I think I thought it was kind of a job about the uh protecting the environment um and that kind of thing and I actually ended up um for my work experience at school I ended up going and working with Brighton um environmental health department for the council which um quickly put me off it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I say yeah quickly put you off the notion uh, once I'd been out with the rat catchers and the dog uh, dog catchers and um, <laughs> the ones that shut down restaurants and stuff, I was pretty much done with that idea. <laughs> You're listening to Series 3, Episode 9, and to my guest, Lucy Meredith. This is another Zoom interview recorded on the 27th of April, 2022. Evening, colleagues. Lucy Meredith is self-employed and a professional mermaid, teaching mermaid classes at Bramley Baths. She also has a background in synchronized swimming. Lucy's work is in the arts and she is self-employed, so she has many different jobs. Her main one being as co-director of Yorkshire Life Aquatic, CIC, that's otherwise known as YLA, uh, for the rest of this intro, an arts and well-being organization. YLA run community performance projects and have a comedy physical theater show that they perform at festivals. Lucy acts as YLA's co-director, project manager, performer, choreographer, and the list goes on. Lucy also does freelance acting work, works for two local climate charities and a community-led housing organization. All Lucy's roles are part-time and in the third sector. Lucy's roles for these organizations are based around comms, events, and social media. To find out more about Yorkshire Life Aquatic, go to www.yorkshirelifeaquatic.co.uk and to find out more about the human aquarium go to humanaquarium.co.uk okay so what is it that you're doing now uh, this is going to be quite a long one because um i'm i'm self-employed mm -hmm. um and i've i've just tried to make a list of how many things i do at the moment and um it's about seven jobs. <laughs> One for each day of the week. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, I suppose my my main job is because uh, from my background. So my background is in um, performing arts. I mm. ended up in Leeds because um, I came to up to uni 
mm-hmm. um, and stayed as many people do. Um, and I did um, performing arts uh, degree. Not that I, yeah, a lot of my work now isn't related to that, but some I still clung on to parts of it. So I run a, um, a community interest company mm-hmm. called Yorkshire Life Aquatic, mm-hmm. which is a kind of performance art, well-being with an environmental kind of skew on it, um, company. And we do like lots of community projects, um, where we, we teach people dancing. I'll, I'll just give you the background on the name though. Cause obviously, uh, yeah. So <laughs> I am a, I'm a synchronized swimmer, um, mm-hmm. an ex synchronized swimmer. And, um, I kind of had to retire as you do, um, from competitive synchronized swimming when I came up to uni, mm-hmm. uh, so at 18. And I didn't really come back to it for years. And uh, I got asked um, by a, a theatre company in the region, um, to, they were doing a play set at a swimming pool and they asked if I'd come and do some synchronized swimming as part of that performance, um, which was Chol Theatre in Slung Low, mm-hmm. um, based in Leeds. And um, I, I forgot how much I enjoyed doing that. And I thought, I- I'm going to dr- try and join some kind of local swim team or something and discover unless you're want to compete or, and be competitive and you, I'd be up against like 12 year olds who were miles better than me mm. at the age of 40 or something. <laughs> so I, I didn't really want to do it, um, competitively anymore. I just wanted to do synchronized swimming for fun, just make yeah. routines and stuff. And I found that there was nowhere to do that. So I, I kind of wrote a ranty blog about it saying that, you know, I may as well do it on dry land. Um, yeah. and, um, a choreographer called Zoe Parker, um, replied to my, to me on Twitter saying, that sounds like a, you know, a really interesting idea. I've been thinking about, um, choreography and water and things. So we met up and I wanted to do synchronized swimming in the water. And she liked the idea of doing synchronized swimming out of the water and that kind of where it came from. We, we, um, we run a water class, um, called Bramley Mermaids Club over at Bramley Baths, which is uh, kind of our, our home, our official home. And then we do um, dryland synchronized swimming for festivals. So we do like, uh, it's kind of, I don't know if you um, know Esther, of Esther Williams, the um, 50s movie star that, that um, she was always in these amazing, like ma- massive budget Hollywood films that I used to watch as a child, um, where there was some reason they would go into like um, a massive water scene with about mm. um, 30 swimmers in like no. out of nowhere, but it was always some kind of tacked on weird thing in a, in the plot line where she happened to do a massive <laughs> number in a swimming pool, uh, which I always thought was awesome. Mm. <laughs> and reading her autobiography, it wasn't so awesome to film apparently. Okay. <laughs> but um, um, so we kind of took that element of like Busby Berkeley choreography and the kind of craziness of the modern synchronized swimming as well. Like people, when you watch it in the Olympics, their faces are like absolutely ridiculously contorted and, um, it, it, it kind of came across as quite amusing. So we kind of developed like a, a comedy show, dance show that we go to festivals with and we all wear spotty swimsuits and just turn up in the market square of, uh, Nairsborough or something like that. Um, and do this weird act that nobody's ever seen before kind of thing. <laughs> uh, we're off to, we've got a few more gigs, festival gigs coming up this summer, like Ripon Festival and things. So we get a lot, a lot for like vintagey 
type festivals, which is really good fun. So, um, and we do, we do projects, um, with like community groups. So, uh, and, uh, go to Bradford and dance in the mirror pool and things like that. So that's, that's one kind of, that's um, one job. That's one job. Um, <laughs> and occasionally we get booked, um, to be mermaids. We've got nicknamed the mermaids. So mm-hmm. we decided to invest in some mermaid tales. And so now I, we get booked to like swim in people's pools at children's parties and <laughs> things like that, um, make little girls dreams come true. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's pretty fun. Um, we kind of, another part of the organization is to look at kind of environmental issues. Um, I watched, I don't know if you've seen the, um, the documentary called Blackfish, which is about, um, mm. uh, an orca in SeaWorld that attacks yeah. a, a trainer and just goes, kind of goes into how, um, horrendous it is for or, orcas to be kept in these concrete boxes when they're actually really family orientated animals mm. and yeah. And how cruel it is. And it kind of. Yeah, it set me off on this very angu- angry kind of tangent about wanting to do something about that, yeah. and, and which turned into a project called the uh, Human Aquarium, mm-hmm. where we kind of took our mermaid personalities and created an aquarium kind of uh, where you could kind of look at, um, I suppose, uh, the word. Uh, you look at, at the mermaids as as sea creatures and trying to get people to to relate to captivity and the oceans in a different way mm. so we um took over a, a shopping unit i think it's hmv now in the st john's center and turned it into a, a giant aquarium okay. <laughs> <laughs> with like um looking at like ocean plastics as well where you made lots of sculptures and stuff out of them um, recycled bottles and mm. had um workshops there and talks about the environment so that's a kind of another side of it, um, which is kind of still ongoing, uh, project cause it's kind of my baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that'll be carrying on for a while. <laughs> so it, do they sort of generate their own revenue then, or do you need to get funding for those or? Um, the human aquarium, um, so far has been arts council funded, mm-hmm. uh, they funded us to do stage one, um, and we're kind of looking into stage two, but we haven't, we haven't got funding sorted out at the moment because we've just been really busy with everything else and covid kind of put a bit of a kibosh on um <laughs> getting out and about and getting projects done <laughs> yeah yeah um i'll come back to covid so we'll we'll, we'll stay on this because otherwise mm-hmm. we'll never get through your other jobs so sorry yeah what, what else what else are you doing as well <laughs> we i run another project called tea intolerance which is an, an arts related project where we have like the idea of just people learning to communicate a bit better and just taking a bit of time and sitting down and talking to each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, um, with another two artists, we, we work together and we kind of came up with these really like open questions that we could take round on a tea trolley, mm-hmm. um, and, um, at festivals and events kind of thing, and just get people to sit around and, and answer questions like, um, what does it feel like to be vulnerable and things like that? Just. It's, I don't, it, we, we do it at lots of different events and it, people say it, it kind of feels sometimes a little bit like therapy without the, mm. you know, but uh, quite therapeutic to just chat to people yeah. you don't know and, and kind of be given that space to, to talk about things you may not, you know, deeper things that you may not talk about all the time. So mm. 
that's um that's a kind of another ongoing arts project that I I run with um, two other artists. Um, <laughs> that's my kind of art side. Mm-hmm. On a side note, I've just done carbon literacy training with car- the carbon literacy project, and apparently I am the world's first carbon literate mermaid. I don't know whether that's, that's true cool or not, but that was that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> I said I'll take that. Thanks. <laughs> I do, I do, I've got an agent, so I do a bit of acting to try and keep my hand in, in, um, I, I suppose, um, regular performance kind of stuff. So did a few commercials now and again, mm-hmm. <laughs> so little bits of acting work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a, um, medical role player. So when, um, the doctors are getting trained up for their, um, exams, they get in actors to act out their. Uh, symptoms and, and kind of mark them on their bedside manner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's another of my interesting jobs. Is that um, all just in, is that just at like Jimmy's or something or? Uh, I work for Leeds University for that. So right, um, okay. get, we'll go to different hospitals and things, mm-hmm. but yeah, mostly based up at the uni. Um, I've also uh, worked for a couple of uh, zero carbon charities. So um, when we were starting um, Yorkshire Life Aquatic, it's just two of us that run it. So you kind of have to learn to be a, a jack of everything. Like, yeah. so we had to learn on our feet a lot about, you know, finance and websites and business models and things like that. Um, and I kind of took on the, the kind of social media PR, um, comms kind of work. So had to kind of learn about websites and writing press releases and this and that, mm-hmm. which is, you know, not my not my forte and I'm, to- I'm, I'm completely self-taught on that. I have no training <laughs> now <Yeah>. really, <laughs> but, but you kind of, you, you have to kind of learn. So I, you know, I've got about, I look after about 10 Twitter accounts now for various companies that I work for. So I work for a couple of climate, um, uh, charities. One is climate action leads, which yep. is, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I believe so. Simon who on another <laughs> podcast was talking about that, uh, I bet. And so I work for, I work for them, um, through another organization I work for, which is Leeds Community Homes. Okay. And that's yeah, yeah. a really interesting company. I, I mean, I have no background in housing at all, but I came on to do admin and comms and marketing and mm-hmm. I've kind of developed more into like um, helping with events and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually do, um, community led housing, um, which I didn't really know what it was until I started working for them, but they actually help people, um, in the community, um, to build their own houses so that they, they actually help. Um, we have lots of advisors who kind of work with local groups and help them build their own communities, which is really nice. It does take a very long time, but, (laughs) but, um, it's kind of offering Yes. Yeah. Uh, Which is really exciting because there's one just, just about to, well, been built in Chapel Town, so um, I think they're about to move in quite soon, which is really exciting. Mm. So um, through the housing work I was doing, um, I now um, I've kind of seconded to Climate Action Leads as their housing partner. Yep. So looking at things like how to retrofit your house, how to bring down your energy bills by making your house as efficient as possible, which is obviously a really massive issue at the moment. Mm-hmm. With um, the energy right price rises and everything, mm. and and yeah, just trying to bring everything down to carbon zero or make houses because there's so many houses in Leeds um, that it's mind 
boggling of so many different varieties. Mm. Um, and some of them are just have no, no insulation at all. Yeah. And, you know, it can go from really amazing, you know, um, passive houses up to big Victorian drafty terraces and things like that. So mm. just trying to address that issue as a kind of uh, a connected city, because it's such a big thing. Yeah. And I think um, it's quite scary as, as what might go on next winter if we don't kind of start to get on top of that problem yeah. with people just, you know, living in freezing houses. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not even in the, it's not even the future anymore, is it? It's, it's no. like, you know, it's, it, it's horrible. It's horrible now and it's going to be worse in the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, what can we do before next winter? <clears throat> well, that's it. Make it's, sure it's... the people are dying. Yeah, it's it's not like the crisis is around the corner. It's, it's the crisis is already here and it's only going to get bigger unless we start addressing it kind of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that's loads of stuff. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, is it all? So that's not going to be nine to five doing all of that on a regularized basis where you've got nice, neat windows and everything scheduled. Um, is it like loads and loads of hours one week and then maybe no hours another week like how does that kind of break down into your actual working um so i do um two days a week for leeds community homes um i do five hours a week for climate action leeds mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> i work zero carbon yorkshire i do a day a week um and um my other stuff um the company stuff that kind of works around it um we uh, oh, I teach mermaids on a Sunday as well. Um, <laughs> but um, like um, our, we're, we're doing a project at the moment for Leeds 2023, mm-hmm. um, the City of Culture. So we're working, we work, do one of the community projects. We're working in Bramley because that's, uh, that's where we work a lot. Um, and that, that culminates in an event that's um, this Saturday in Bramley. We're doing a, um, a We Are Bramley Acts of Defiance walk and talk event on, on uh, Saturday. Um, so the other stuff is, yeah, all my kind of artsy stuff is project based. So it kind of fits in around everything else I do. But, um, fortunately all my jobs are pretty much quite flexible. As long as you do the work, it's, you're not, you're not held to like you say, like the nine to five. Yeah. Like, so I function better in the evenings than I do in the mornings, let's say so. Yeah, you know, sometimes I work later rather than earlier. <laughs> I mean, are you are you working that way because that's kind of how it's panned out? Did you take on the other roles to support the CIC, or did you get the other roles because of the CIC? Like, or is this yeah? Is it just how it panned out, or is this the kind of flexibility that you actually wanted from your work? Um, I do. I like the flexibility, and I like the opportunity to do lots of different things because you don't get bored. But um, I suppose I'm a realist. I know that I'm not going to make all my money out of the arts. <laughs> I'm just not. So um, um, the other roles, I suppose, at the start, I would, I, I just wanted to make sure that I had something stable. So you, you've got a stable minimum, but and then other jobs have come out of that through word of mouth or and uh, and me getting involved in like climate issues. I, I suppose what I wanted to make sure I do was have plenty of work but also make sure that it's work with good people mm. that are doing good and that have got charitable aims and things like that. I, mm-hmm. I don't, didn't really want to end up working for um, 
uh, people whose ethics I, I maybe didn't approve of. So I, I, I suppose I surround myself with organizations that are, are in the third sector. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to ask this question of you. I don't normally ask it, but I'm, I'm just thinking, um, so why, why not politics? Why, you know, you're doing all this good kind of civic work and, <laughs> and community, community interest kind of stuff. Why, why did you think about politics? Have you thought about politics? Like, why didn't you go into being a counselor or something like that? Um, it's not something I'd ever thought about, um, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I tell you what, I do know a lot of counselors and they work so hard. Mm. It look, it is so much work. And so, so much effort and, and I, you know, I take my hat off to them cause I don't think I quite got, um, <laughs> I mean, like I, I do lots of things uh, yeah. and I think you have to be so dedicated to that and you, you probably take a lot of, um, grief, uh, um, off a lot of people as well. Mm. And I don't, maybe I, maybe I'm a bit too, um, uh, too scared to put my head above the parapet in that in that thing in yeah. that kind of arena. I think, and you've got brand, I'm made you've of got, enough stuff. Yeah, you've got to brand yourself <laughs> with a colour as well, haven't you? And kind of <laughs> yeah, <a> team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I just I I as I say, I've never asked that question before, and I thought it's, it's like it's quite a good one to ask because I, I have talked to quite a few people who are doing you know, doing a lot of really good work and putting a lot of effort into the city and stuff. And it's kind of like, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't you guys be great in, in politics? And it's like, <laughs> well, yeah, probably, but that's why you're not in politics. <laughs> 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 okay. So you kind of touched on a little bit how you, you, you got into this. So, I mean, was it, was it the way around that the CIC kind of came first and then you got those other roles? around um yeah all my current roles um yeah Yorkshire Life Aquatic came first I think I, when I came out of drama school um I kind of thought oh I'm gonna make a living being in other people's plays and and kind of reality hits you pretty quickly that you're not going to do that so mm. you end up take, taking a lot of um temping jobs in offices and this and that and um I kind of I nearly got caught down the route of working in pensions for a bit and um I, so I, I had to just quit and get the fear <laughs> to make myself go kind of back into uh, the arts and I did a bit of touring with schools, companies and things like that. But I kind of found that trying to get work from other people, it, it's, it's, it's quite hard. Um, so I decided to create my own work instead. Yeah. And e even if I have to have other jobs alongside to, to support myself whilst I'm doing that, then that's fine by me kind of yeah. thing. At least you're, so doing, long as I'm always, you're interested in. Yeah. 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 It's like I, I kind of knew that I wanted to do my own work and it, it's much easier than trying to get employed acting jobs through from other people. It's a pretty cutthroat world. So, hmm. <laughs> so, um, what, what kept you in Leeds then? Were you not tempted to sort of go down to London or even Manchester of like, you know, if you're looking for acting work when there's more. There's bigger audiences and bigger, bigger budgets and more going on in a lot of ways. Um, I think some of it is down to laziness. I'll be honest. <laughs> Again, it's you have to if um, people who who are working as uh, what I refer to as you know normal acting roles, mm. they work so hard. They travel all over the country, go into these auditions, cattle calls in London, 
And I just thought, I can't, I'm too old. I can't be bothered with that. So <laughs> I thought, I don't mind kind of being at this level where I get the odd commercial and, and little acting job. Mm. And I've, you know, I get to sleep in my own bed at night rather than spending half the time on a National Express coach going to London. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I guess it's kind of laziness. <laughs> but, um, but also I, I, um, I'm part, I feel like I'm part of the art scene here and, yeah. and I feel like, um, I kind of, you know, this is, I've got so many friends here and so many connections now that, um, I suppose I feel like if I went somewhere else, I'd be a very small fish. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've carved out your niche and you, uh, yeah. uh, no pun intended with the small fish. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you've carved out your niche and you, you, you've also, you know, you, you kind of made the decision to make it work for you rather than you working for the industry, you know, working your butt off yeah. the industry for perhaps nothing. You made the industry work for you in a way that works for you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's go back into the dark times and let's talk about lockdown. <laughs> so, um, like I would imagine because the businesses have been going a good few years now, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. About seven years. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, talk us through kind of going into lockdown and your thoughts through that period of like, I mean, was it, oh, we'll just close down and, and, and hopefully come back or was it, we need to stay present or what we're going to do or like, how did it go? I remember we were, we were just about to. We were supposed to be going to Brighton Festival to perform in a pool um, in, it must have been 2019, I guess. Um, and um, we kind of had to make the decision, do we take a large group of performers down to Brighton? And, and it, it, was looking, it was looking like things were getting shut down. I think it was February. I think we made the call that, that we needed to not do that performance. Mm. So we kind of started to be a bit more cautious. Um, and, uh, we, uh, we, we went, we were teaching at the pool every Sunday until a, the official shutdown of the mm -hmm. pools, um, which was a bit devastating <laughs> because we, you know, we work with, we see a, a community group of, of awesome women who love that one hour a week to just yeah. be themselves. Cause a lot of them are mothers and things and they're. You know, they don't get a lot of free time and they just love that just hour a week to be, you know, have a good time and, and have a laugh and exercise and stuff. So, and what we didn't want to do was lose that connection with everyone. So we pretty quickly learned how to use Zoom. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish I'd had shares in Zoom before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we quickly kind of... um we, we got a little bit of support for the company from uh, Leeds Community Foundation who, who fund um, some of our work. We, I think there was some emergency grants for small companies mm. and we used some of that to, to get a um, Zoom account. Mm -hmm. And we did dry land synchronized swimming via Zoom. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, did not always work, but... Um, the results were quite funny. We've got quite a few hilarious videos out yeah. on our YouTube channel now. Because <laughs> um, we, we just didn't want to lose the connection and we didn't want people feeling that like they were alone yeah. um, and things like that. So we, we actually kept up 
through the entire of lockdown, mm. a session a week from one way or the other. And then when it started to come out of lockdown, we could, we started to meet and have the occasional, like in the park, have the occasional kind of face to face kind of thing. But mostly it was on zoom for the whole of lockdown. <laughs> yes. And I, I kind of, I suppose, I think that's one of the benefits of it is that mm. it, we can, we can still kind of, we adapted to it and now we've got this technology that's really useful for like doing like things like this mm. um and, and it's not- kind of perfect for it in a way in a way that like because i talked to someone else who was doing sort of digital theater pieces and obviously you know it it's harder to do that before it you know theater turns into television or something like that whereas with what you're doing specifically like dry land synchronized swimming is kind of perfect for zoom it's kind of like you could do that you know, get the whole world synchronized swimming. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it was pretty ridiculous, but you know, it's fun. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's a, a bit annoying when you're trying to play music and all be synchronized when mm. you've got a lag and people are doing things <laughs> at different times, but, but you know, it, it kept us connected. So it was, yeah. like I say, we made some really silly videos and chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and it meant that other people could join in actually, because we had one of our mermaids who moved down south and she kind of reconnected because we were on Zoom. She could come to, along to our mm. sessions and stuff. So it kind of opened it out to people in the wider community who ended up coming. <laughs> that was good. Do you um, do any still? Have you done any like, you know, post, post lockdown Zoom? Not recently. Um, we've, because we were so delighted to get back in the pool. Yeah. We yeah. immediately did. Um, a really swanky video of us doing a routine. We did, um, when Bramley Bass um, opened back up, we um, did a special performance for their grand opening. Nice. Being their, in, you know, in-house uh, swimming company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was quite fun. So we were just, yeah, we were just really pleased to actually be back in the pool. <laughs> I'm sure we will do some more again. They were, they were pretty funny. And now we know how to use it. It's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so uh in terms of so you said you picked up a lot of social media and stuff do you do like are you doing everything are you doing choreography and then filming it or do you have various people that come in or does it pe- depend on you know what what the i want to say project for want of a better word but what what the project is yeah no totally um uh, myself and zoe we do uh, performing choreography directing producing most things um but um with certain projects yeah we we really like to collaborate um i'm i'm not a photographer i'm not a filmmaker but i know a lot of amazing filmmakers and photographers in the region so for the human aquarium project in my head i wanted these huge kind of pictures made of 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 like mermaids washed up on a beach and things like that and so we got in a um an amazing photographer for a friend of mine, Tom Martin, who, who happens to live in Leeds as well. And he, he was really excited about coming in on the project. And so, um, and we worked with them, um, we did some filming in, in a tank. There's actually a mermaid tank down in Nottingham that we managed to get our hands on. And, um, we took down, we went with a filmmaker, Wayne Sables, from, who's in, um, based in Doncaster. Mm. He came onto the second phase of the project with us and 
and we had people doing like behind the scenes filmings about the project, but that's definitely not mine or Zoe's area. So mm. we just like to bring people in. We had some, some like eco artists that come in because, um, and made like these big jellyfishes out of, um, uh, like waste materials and, mm. and single use plastics and stuff. So yeah, we like to collaborate. Um, we're always looking for people that share our weird vision to come in and work with us. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, and obviously coming out of lockdown is, um, you know, you, as you said, was great to get back into the baths and even had your own special opening. Um, so <laughs> I'll move on from that. I'll, um, so I'll go on to the UBI question. So if you, if you had a universal basic income, um, so you had the money to kind of pay for your bills, pay for your food and so on, um, cover your basic needs. Would you still work? And if you were still working, would it be in the same sort of area? And would you work as much? Like, how do you think it would affect your work as it is now? I would still work, but definitely not as much. I'm, I'm, I'm just not really motivated by money. Mm. I know everyone says that, but I'm like, I would definitely stu- still do all my arts based stuff because I do it because I love it. Um, probably less of like the admin based stuff, <laughs> but, um, I definitely want to carry on with the projects I'm doing. Um, cause we're, you know, we're a CIC, we're a community interest company. We're, we are, com- our whole ethos is a not-for-profit mm. as long as, as, yeah, as long as I can pay my bills and my rent and stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, always nice. Have a have a certain level of standard of living as well on top, but yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I definitely couldn't afford to live live back down in Brighton. Yeah, <laughs> uh, with the house prices as they up. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I quite, I consider myself quite lucky. Um, really, I mean, would do you think would you end up losing more money? For like, would you be ending up spending more money on art projects that didn't necessarily make money back? <laughs> if you um, had that, that comfortable floor to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, I think, yeah, my, my dream would be to have my own swimming pool, which would definitely be a massive dream uh, on money. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's, there's so, there's, so little access is available to swimming pools because they're very, they're so expensive to run, especially mm-hmm. at the moment there's mm-hmm. pools at risk of closure all over the place. Mm. Um, cause they're incredibly expensive to run. But, <laughs> um, so I, I mean, if I had loads of money, I would definitely want, um, a swimming pool that we could kind of use for, for classes and things like that. <laughs> That'd be lovely. <laughs> That's yeah. the only reason I'd want more money. <laughs> <laughs> mm, that's a good answer. I like that. Um, so I'm going to move to the climate change question because of what you just said there with the pools and stuff. So, um, so the, I mean, the question is basically around like what you can do in your work and whether your work can do anything uh, to address adapting to climate change or to recognizing you know, mitigation for climate change, anything like that. Like how green can you be in your roles? I mean, obviously you're doing lots of climate action work, but I suppose on the, on the swimming pool side, I mean, 
you know, should we be all moving to free swimming or do we, do we need heat chlorinated, big heated pools? Uh, do we need more Lidos? Is it, do, do they justify their, their carbon budget in and of themselves? Like, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think, um, I do think swimming's really important. Um, um, not only for, because children need to learn to swim because you mm. don't want children in position where, you know, they, they can't swim or, mm. you know, fall in the canal. You know, we've got a lot of rivers and canals in, in, in Leeds and it, it, it uh, um, actually they, the, in, back in the day, Bramley Baths used to offer, um, free lifeguarding training to young people because so many people were like drowning in the t- canals back. This is a long, talking about a long time ago. I, this is a story I've, I've been told. No, when it first um, opened sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I think, so I think swimming is really important and also as an ex form of exercise, if you've got an injury or something and you can't load, you know, you can't do running and things like that. Like I'm, I've got a, a really dodgy ankle and I just can't, um, put too much weight on it. So mm-hmm. for me and a lot of other people with like injuries, you, you know, swimming's a way of, in, you know, exercising and keeping yourself healthy without, um, having to like Indeed. put loads of weight on your knees yeah. and things. So I've. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty biased when it comes to pools. So I will say they are, they are necessary, but we need to find a way to make them more eco-friendly. Mm. And there is a way Bramley Bass has just had a new eco kind of boiler put in, mm-hmm. um, things like, you know, like, um, this is a bit of a weird pipe dream, but like, if you think about, um, places that have got like loads of computers and servers giving mm. off all this heat, mm. how, why can we not find a way to then heat the swimming pools with it or something, you know, Hmm. uh, we just need to get a bit creative with things, you know, they need to, they need to make pools. There needs to be a plan to make pools as carbon negative as possible. And, you know, like in your gym, can you not like use your bike power to generate electricity and things like that? Hmm. And these are all a bit crazy ideas, but. No, not really. I don't, I, I think a lot of the, you know, when it, when it does get round to solutions actually being implemented on a large scale, a lot of it will be like small contributions sort of back into the grid. Mm. And it, I think a lot of it is a lot of the solutions are kind of, you know, you need like thermal dynamic engineers and stuff to be able to move that heat around and the whole sort of thing. Um, have you ever read the, uh, Buckminster Fuller's book, Critical Path? I haven't. No, but you, have you heard of him? <laughs> yes, yes, I have. Um, so yeah, he's. I, I mean, it's it's a weird book. You like why you would read it? I I read it read it because I'm weird. Um, but he's talking about you know, in terms of solar, when you've got one side of the world in darkness, you know, while the other side of the world's in light, it's like surely their light should be powered by you know the light of the sun being pumped around to there, and you know surely the grid should be collected connected up globally and things like that i don't know how feasible that is realistically but you know those that makes sense on a lot of levels to to me if i well yeah one side powers the other well where we're facing away from the sun the other side facing the sun yeah 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 why why they're not like using in you know there's um solar panels in the sahara or something you know yeah um I think, I think there's ways of getting around it. I mean, to be honest, there's a lot worse things than pools around. If you think about, um, airplanes, for example, mm. um, <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's what, that's would be my, um, port of call for, um, trying to bring down the carbon footprint because 
that's a massive issue, uh, particularly in Leeds. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and swimming pools have their own hierarchy as well. You know, like Bramley Baths, you know, quite good. Uh, absolutely much better than a swimming pool on a cruise liner, for example. <laughs> <laughs> or a vanity infinity pool on the top of a, you know, skyscraper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they just need, we just need to, some really awesomely clever people to work out how we, we, I mean, it's thinking creatively, isn't it? How are we mm. going to make these things um, carbon neutral? There must be a way. There must yeah. be a way. I think the thing, I think the problem we're having at the moment is how do we get people paid to do that kind of work? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I mean, issues that I've come um, in my roles that are kind of are coming out is, is supply chain. Yeah. Like thinking about, um, yeah, people trained to do these things. Mm. And we know we're going to need these jobs. We should be training people up right now. Mm. They should, you know, to do, to do these things. Well, that's it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have a skills shortage in this economy. Never mind the next economy. <laughs> yeah. Things like, um, obviously working in, in housing and climate, looking at, at people who are trained to retrofit houses, mm. which is going to be, you know, we, there's not enough people doing that work. There are people, there are pockets of amazing people and amazing projects in the city but just not compared to the amount of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of it is policy change as well. It's, mm -hmm. you know, and money. And we're just not getting the money for, to do, to actually make these things a reality at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or there, or there isn't the market there for them to make money. Or, yeah, like, yeah. The, the market's not necessarily being created. It's like, okay, maybe there's an appetite, but there's no place like a centralized aggregate kind of place to go to market, you know? <laughs> yeah. At the moment, it, it's, for me, it's all about connecting all the stuff that's going on mm. together so that, because it, it's not, it's going to be a concerted effort from every industry to, ta to tackle this mm. one. We can't do it on our own. Mm. Everyone needs to be on board. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can't do it with massive, huge corporations working against you or, yeah. or other massive centers of power. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, that brings us neatly onto another nice, um, media hop topic. So, um, I have a question on Brexit. Um, so <laughs> don't worry, we'll get through all these happy questions. Um, <laughs> So, um, has Brexit changed your work at all? Is there anything that you've noticed in how you're working and the kind of work that you're doing that Brexit has changed? Um, it's changed the industry okay. a lot. Um, obviously, um, touring is a, a lot more, it's a lot harder and a lot more expensive. I think because, because we're such a small company, we haven't, we've actually been very lucky in that, you know, we haven't had that much work cancelled. We don't travel that far. Mm. So it's not impacted us too much, but I've got a lot of friends who, for example, work in the music industry mm. who have been devastated. COVID and Brexit together has just mm. been the worst combination, but, um, like, um, getting permits to tour is now re it's been made incredibly difficult for, mm. for touring musicians and, you know, lighting designers and, and that kind of industry, theater, touring theater, mm. it's been 
it's really devastated the industry. Um, mm. uh, like, yeah, like I say, we, I mean, we've noticed things like, um, getting certain, like if we get, we need to get something delivered from outside of the UK, then mm. it's more expensive or it's harder. Uh, Brexit caused, you know, so many delays in getting things um, yeah. into the country that uh, we did, we did feel that a little bit. I think it was, took us quite a while to get one of our mermaid tails into the UK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's a bit of a first first world problem, though. <laughs> but but I have seen I have seen a lot of people around me in the industry suffer and massively because of Brexit. Mm. I haven't attempted to leave the country since it happened. So no, um, no not that you would have had many opportunities. Either. No, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm wincing for the first time. I actually, uh, you know have to deal with that yeah yeah okay so next question is social media related so obviously you're doing a fair bit of social media um mm -hmm. so the question is really around like how much time it takes up of your work and also just to kind of consider what what is the benefit of that like do you think that it's a real benefit in terms of the time put into it um and the the you know does it does it pay back that time invested um i think initially it's more work i suppose once you get used to it like things like i use tweet deck so you can kind of connect all your accounts together and um that makes it quite a lot quicker once you've got the hang of it and you can connect your accounts together and this and that mm. that kind of takes the onerousness out of social media because I, I do run i do look after a lot of uh, a company accounts for different organizations Mm. Um, I don't mind it. It's quite, I, 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 I think you've got to kind of choose the ones you like and stick to it. I wouldn't attempt, for example, to, I was like, oh, you need to get on TikTok. I have no desire to do that and spend any more of my time on social media than I already <laughs> do because it is a bit of a, a sinkhole, isn't it? A time mm. sinkhole. And I should probably get off it. Uh, it looked, you know, I need to take, take Facebook off my phone, for example, or something, mm. but um, when you're running lots of business accounts, you do need to kind of have it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. You, you, you need to kind of be able to, to do things on the go quickly, or mm. if you're sitting on the bus or whatever, you can get some work done. <laughs> I just do it a few <laughs> tweets and this and that. Uh, so I try, I try not to let it, uh, take up too much of my time, but it, I, we found it really useful. Mm. Um, you know, just your basics, Twitter. Facebook and Instagram, really. Mm. I just, I don't, I don't really want to be at the cutting edge because uh, I think, you, you know, I, I, if I did try to take on more, you know, different accounts yeah. uh, like TikTok and Snapchat and whatever else there is, mm. I'm not down with the kids enough to, <laughs> to know. Um, I, yeah, that would probably drive me a bit mad. Well, I mean, a lot of that's chasing your own tail, isn't it? Because it's kind of, you know, trying to be cool and you know, the problem with being cool is as soon as you reach the pinnacle of being cool, you start being uncool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, you know, sometimes you get approached about, oh, do you want to be an influencer? Mm. And I, I, that's it. That sounds like a lot of work that I'm not <laughs> I'm not really bothered about having 5 million followers and stuff as long as you know, the people I need to communicate with, are, you know, communicating with me and you, you keep it fun. Yeah. 
that's it. And you, you know, most of the time people are following accounts like that because they want certain specific bits of information or they want to keep in touch of like what's going on. Um, so it's not like they're, they're waiting for your hot takes about <laughs> every piece of <laughs> thing that's trending. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anyone's that interested in my opinion. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I, I mean, I there might I, be, but you know, you, you have to package it and so and all that time building the audience and so on. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 there's a limit to my um, patience with it, so I, I kind of like, yeah, <laughs> like keep it um, as as you know what's useful, and then I'm not going to make too much effort with what I don't find useful or I mm. think is a bit overkill because some. You know, you can bombard people with stuff and then they just delete you because, you know, you well, that's it. Yeah, so, yeah. you're put, putting people off because you're banging on about the same thing too much or too often. And, but then at the same time, if you just bang on about the same thing, then you're going to get more followers who are just interested in that. <laughs> it is it is a trade-off. You have to kind of like, you know, you, you have to, it's one of those things, I suppose, it's like swimming, isn't it? You have to find your own kind of, ability level and, and comfort level with what you're doing and, and what you want to get out of it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. See, it all links. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm imagining from what you've said that quite a lot of those roles and especially like the admin and stuff, you're not in an office, you're working from home. Is that kind of, is that a fair guess? Yeah. 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 A, a lot of it, I was working from home anyway. And then um, obviously COVID kind of um, made one of our companies give up the office because mm. we're so small, it wasn't worth the, the yeah. amount. So occasionally we hot desk uh, in the same room or something or have away days and things like that. But yeah, mostly it's from home, which is, I think it's kind of, it's helped in some ways because I'm, I'm can get more done because I don't have, I'm not traveling to a building, spending seven and a half hours there and then traveling back. I'm kind of. I can be a bit more flexible about when I do the stuff that I do mm. and I can be more reactive. So if I'm only working one day a week for one job, then you're going to wait another full week to get a reply from me. Whereas I, I split the days up. So I do a bit of each thing each day just to make sure that I'm more reactive and mm. things get done quicker. So it's benefited in that way, but it does mean the work-life balance tends to suffer. Mm. <laughs> I'm not particularly good at separating those two things at the moment, which is something I, I need to work on, I think. Um, now you're normally quite good at separating them. I think being freelance, it's always going to be a problem because you can never quite, you don't, you're not, yeah, it's not like you're in an office, you're walking away from it and you don't have to think about it again until you get there back there. Mm. It's here, it pops up, it's, in, it's on my phone, it's this and that. I try to go swimming like about three times a week and that's kind of my downtime and i've got a kind of set that, of outside of outside, outside of work oh that's outside yeah. of work well done yeah <laughs> <laughs> Christmas holiday but <laughs> um I, I i try to like say like friday mornings is my is my my time yeah because I, I do tend to work better in the evenings and that's fine so mm. sometimes my evenings may be working but i'll take you know half a day off on Friday and go swimming. <laughs> so do you, do you think you've, I mean, have you settled or can you settle into a routine? I'm, I'm kind of asking this cause I'm like been banging on recently that what I'm doing is not work because I'm, although I'm interviewing people and this is where I actually get to engage with someone, 
and this is the fun part of doing this but the rest of the time i'm just sort of you know locked in a room <laughs> firing things into the internet going hello um and unless you've got someone else there you know like even a writer that's working on their own and it's like sort of secluded away somewhere they're responsible to a publisher or an editor or something eventually there's someone that's like you know that's they're making that work and the whole sort of when you switch off and having time off and how much time you should put in and kind of motivating yourself all of those kind of things like I, I'm at the point where, where I, I need to get out of here and and kind of actually be actively involved with people in real life doing stuff and I think you know that'll be beneficial for the podcast as well but is it something that you've settled into in terms of learning this is when I work, this is when I'm productive and I do keep this time aside or is it always just being like, it's always the same. You just kind of get up, do what you can, do as much as possible. Some things are regular, some things are irregular. I think I go through phases of being mm. really, you know, when you are strict and you do come compartmentalize times, it is better. Mm. But then over the winter, when it's been a bit colder, mm. it kind of, I'm in my kind of spare room office thing, but then you're like, oh, but it's warmer in the front room. And then, <laughs> and then you end up kind of under a duvet and generally less productive. So, I mean, it's not my forte, to be honest, being, mm. being disciplined and, <laughs> and productive like that. Um, if there's someone out there who, 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 who um, is good at helping people with that, I would be very interested Someone could make a lot of money actually helping all people to become more productive um, whilst juggling many jobs. Yeah, I'm not particularly good at it. I need to kind of learn and get a bit more disciplined, I think. <laughs> I mean, like, so on the first, the first one I did of these, um, we were chatting briefly about, because um, I'd, I'd started in November 19. And I was saying, because I'd, I'd been working up to that point, I was in a temporal and I'd taken some time off. I went down to the London XR thing and then I came back and then I kind of started this. And um, yeah, it was, we, we were discussing the winter and how I was enjoying winter because I wasn't working. and I didn't have to get up to an alarm clock in the dark and come home in the dark. Like I got up when I wanted to, and sometimes it was dark, but that was fine. I didn't have to rush out anywhere and then I could enjoy it. And it was like quite bright and nice at the time. So I could enjoy the days and stuff. And I was like, why do we work the same amount all through the year? That's not in any way sensible. Nothing else does that. You know, we have seasons. <laughs> we should be working less in winter. Do you really think that you should be more productive in winter or do you feel that that's just kind of the social pressure that you should be. You know, looking out the window when it was like hailing, you know, the weather's mm. been ridiculous, hasn't it? Um, um, in the last few months or something and, and kind of feeling quite like jammy and lucky that I didn't mm. actually have to leave the house and <laughs> I could sit and work without, you know, literally get up and work um, mm. without having to journey anywhere in, or face any of the cold. Mm. I actually would prefer to do more work in winter Mm. from home mm. so that I could enjoy the sun in mm. the summer. Yeah. I'd quite like, I think like having a, a summer holiday from your job would be, I would be so much happier because you'd be actually getting some vitamin D and I live near the park and I could go and like sit in the park. Whereas you just, 
it wouldn't happen if you had to take your laptop. It just, you wouldn't, I'd be like, oh, I'll just do it and then go out. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I suppose it, if it's freezing out and you don't want to go out, I'm, I'm more happy to work in winter. <laughs> do you have an office space then? Do you have like a sort of separated room for it or do you just work in the living room or what? I, I do, I do have a spare room. It's a little bit cluttered at the moment. I need to go to the tip and get rid of like all, it wasn't, it's, all my, walking, <laughs> it's my walk-in wardrobe as well, but I kind of started turning it into a, an office during lockdown and so I have got a desk and a space. It's just, it's not the warmest place in the house. So right. do you actually <laughs> have a space or is it just a theoretical space? It's, it's a desk with boxes a, of stuff on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a desk. It's an actual desk with a window and everything cool. and an office chair. Yeah. Um, but it's also got loads of other stuff in it as well. Like, um, yeah, sewing machines <laughs> and clothes and every piece of paperwork I've ever owned. <laughs> piles of leaflets and flyers for shows that we can't do at the moment what do you think is the strangest sort of random kind of skill that you've picked up from the work that you're doing or have done Ooh. <laughs> i mean dry land synchronized swimming is one that i you know. i mean that's a very specific and unusual skill. Yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> And I, I did, I really did not think that I would be a professional mermaid. So I, you know, <laughs> holding my breath underwater, I did not think was ever going to pay. <laughs> <laughs> Just did not think that was something I would ever actually be able to make money out of. So I suppose that's a, a quite <laughs> useful <laughs> skill. I should ask you about this actually. So why, I, I mean, you, I suppose you kind of answered it, but setting up your own business is, is, um, I mean, it's a particular step. Again, it's like only certain people do do that. And obviously you, you probably wouldn't have gone into that blind. I mean, you would have known that, you know, the majority of companies fail and all of this kind of stuff. So what, what made you, what made you take that step? I, I mean, do you already had enough kind of custom and, and things going on that you were kind of like, yeah, there's a business in this, or did you just take the plunge sorry about all these bugs. <laughs> uh, I uh, we I kind of didn't really know what was getting into it at all I suppose we didn't have like money coming in all the time yeah, yeah. and we get money through projects mm. so we but we don't have any overheads really mm -hmm. so we don't have an office mm. our official home is Bramley Baths um that's our business address and we obviously when we work from the pool that's us working from the pool. But mm. apart from that, our, we've got such, you know, low overheads that, that it's quite, it's quite easy to keep it going mm. at a really low level, even when we haven't got a project on. Mm. Um, and the mermaid classes have been running for like seven years as well. But what I did at the beginning, cause I was like, how do we, how do we sell this business to anyone? It's not the kind of idea that people take seriously in business terms. Mm. So I went on, I got a place on um, the School for Social Entrepreneurs, which is yeah, a yeah, scheme yeah. Uh, run by Lloyds Bank mm. that takes, you've got to be a social enterprise. Or you've got to be, um, you need to be a social enterprise by the end of the course kind of thing, which is like a year long course, which looks at, you know, business, all the stuff that I don't like doing, the business, mm. business side of it that's mm. Not not my bag, but you the know, bureaucracy. you're in a business, you have to. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of learned quite a lot from that. Um, you get mentored and things like that. And you get, you got some startup money, which paid for our like first website and things that we 
couldn't have afforded off our own backs. Mm. So it kind of, it was a really good way to kind of get set up, mm-hmm. get your, um, your company status sorted, mm. get support in that and learn about business planning. Um, uh, yeah, it was quite a rigorous kind of, um, process to go through to get onto this course it was quite um quite a lot of people up for it and you there was about 10 places i think per year mm. in the northeast um and i, I kept, you had to go in and pitch to like a board of like 12 people from lloyd's bank in suits and that's mm. so not me mm. and it had been raining and i i remember i you get like um i think it's a three minute pitch yeah and it had been raining and i was wearing these like uh Illuminous um turquoise welling welly boots and and I just thought, oh, they're gonna laugh at me. And I just I just <laughs> went in and I I think that they <laughs> I must have said something they liked because they 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 took me on and they said it was like the the weirdest idea they'd ever heard, but they liked it. So <laughs> they gave me a chance and yeah, it's it's still paying off. Um <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> oh, well, you know, long may you reign. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose we've never really kind of looked at ourselves as being these this this money making scheme. You know, mm. not about the money; it's about making work and keeping it. You know, bringing enough in to keep it tick- ticking over, and mm. you know, being able to pay ourselves a a little bit. Mm. But it, it, it's kind of yeah, it's not. We're a social enterprise. We're not in it for the money. We just mm. want to do what we want to do. Mm. <laughs> Have you done any like wild water, any out outside, you know, in rivers, lakes, anything like that? Um, we went, yeah, we, we took the mermaids. We did have a trip to, um, a, 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 like a wild swimming kind of location before the pools, uh, reopened, mm. um, during the summer mm. just to, just to, yeah, wet, wet the whistles as, <laughs> or so to speak. Um, <laughs> so we have done a little bit of that. Some of the mermaids we have of like swim all the time like every day during mm-hmm. lockdown they've been in the in the, in them some form of wild water mm. but i mean i enjoy it but i am a little bit um a wuss when it comes to the cold so <laughs> i'm more of a seasonal <laughs> one than an all year rounder <laughs> so you're not going to be jumping into the what is it the serpentine or whatever on new year's day <laughs> no no that, uh, <laughs> i did get a wetsuit because i thought oh yeah Mm. Um, that, that might be a nice idea, but, um, that's that's still it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. I, I, again, this is just a kind of out of my interest kind of question. What's been the hardest part for, for the business? I mean, was it the lockdown or has there been sort of, was it the first couple of years or? I think, well, we were trying to kind of, I suppose it's uh, the hardest thing is explaining kind of what we do and why we do it. Yeah, because it is—it's really an so odd it's like idea. The pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think businesses, um, mm. in inverted commas, or you know, corporates, let's say, mm. they just because they can't see the money, they don't yep. quite understand it. Yeah. So it, I think we we <laughs> kind of struggled with how do we describe this mm. kind of project, and I suppose we had to kind of figure out the different strands of the company. Mm-hmm. So we've got our kind of more corporate side where you can buy our show and we come and perform for you. That's our product. Mm. And then we have our, our um, community side where, um, we are, prom- we call it health, health through stealth. Mm-hmm. So you, you, um, you do exercise, but you're having a good time. So you don't notice. 
that's kind of we kind of talk about it as exercise for people that don't want to exercise. Yeah. It's it's it's, it's kind of more putting the element of creativity in. Yeah. Kind of takes your mind off the fact that you are physically doing something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it makes it more fun and it makes the process a lot more kind of engaging and kind of person centered. Yeah. And I, I think what we do is, 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 is quite original yeah. and, um, we don't really want to turn it into something that's a profit making thing because it's about, it's about having the best experience, um, rather than making money. Mm. So you wouldn't package it as a franchise and sell it around the world to people? Um, <laughs> I'd rather not. Um, and so far, nobody's nicked, nicked the idea. As far as I know, we are the only um, synchronized swimming team that does it kind of um, creatively and not, um, not competitively. We are a non-competitive team. Um, I think I would be, I'd be worried about doing that because you don't know what the quality is going to be like. You don't know. Someone just goes and nicks your, pro- your idea and mm. does it. You don't know what they're going to do with it. So I think we're quite happy being small. I'd love, I'd love to do some more classes, Mm. but, um, as I said before, pool time is so rare and valuable Mm. and cause there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of swimming pools in Leeds Mm. that are particularly accessible. So, um, and everyone wants in and obviously you've got the schools in, you've got clubs that are training. So It, it's pool time is really hard to come by. It's like gold dust. So, uh, we, we, at the moment, we only get one hour with the, with our class in the pool every week, but it's an awesome hour. <laughs> Pools at a premium. Um, <laughs> yeah. so there was a question that I missed, which is my change question. So I have a question on, um, what would you change about your work? So if you could change any three things about your work, what would you change? Hmm. I'd, I'd probably like to work a bit less, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because yeah, time's precious, isn't it? And it'd mm. be nice to have a little bit more free time. I suppose I would, I, like we said earlier, I'd probably make my me, myself much more, uh, able to do works in, in chunks and be, mm. be better at it, uh, uh, <laughs> making, making it, I can't think of the word. But, uh, so yeah. it's maximizing that time. Like, yeah. Yeah. Peak efficiency. Yeah. Efficient. <laughs> yes. Making myself more time efficient. I think that would be some, definitely something I would like to do. And I suppose if it was a more sellable model and I could make more money out of the art side of it, that mm. would be something I would like. <laughs> mm. Have you, do you do merch? Have you ever done like Bramley Baths, you know, mermaid t-shirts or anything? We, yeah, we have actually. We've got, we have mermaid hoodies. We <laughs> 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 have mermaid written on the back and our logo <laughs> on and stuff. So yeah, we've got mermaid, mermaid hoodies and t-shirts. <laughs> Excellent. Are they available from your online shop? <laughs> we don't, we did look into having it an online shop, but um, it, it never, um, it was just another thing to have more to bother do. than it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the people that usually buy our things are the people that take part in our classes. So yeah. we usually do a kind of an order and get everyone, what everyone wants at the same time and then yeah. can sell them, you know, at cost to people rather than again, <laughs> it's <not> about profit. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm, I'm going to start winding it up. I'm going to uh, ask you to give me any sort of socials that you want to kind of put out there 
Um, and then I will throw it open to you if there's anything you want to add or anything that we've not covered that you'd like to talk about. Um, so yeah, over to you. Um, I suppose, well, if you want to follow me, I'm Lou Loves Glitter um, <laughs> on Twitter. And our, um, the company is, is, is York's Life Aqua. And that's on Twitter. And we're Yorkshire Life Aquatic on Facebook. If you're interested in being a Bramley Mermaid, put Bramley Mermaids in. Um, <laughs> they're kind of what they say on the tin, really. <laughs> and the Human Aquarium Project is Human Aquarium UK. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And we're, yeah, it's all the tweets and the Facebooks, really. But you can, we're usually pretty good at coming up on Google if, um, you Google us. <laughs> Excellent. So is there, is there anything that you think I've not covered anything that you want to talk about or anything you want to promote or. Uh, oh, no, um, it's been very nice and, and fluid. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not to put you under pressure. I'm just <laughs> quick speaking to this um, microphone. <laughs> no, I, I think, yeah, we've, we've got loads of projects. We're going now to Brighton actually next week. Okay. The show that we couldn't do in, from, in 2019. Ah, very nice. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's a very small version, but it's a, it's quite a small pool that we're performing in. But we're performing for an amazing artist called Ruth Mulvey, who actually came up during um, COVID at some point and, and painted us. So mm. we are actually in a in a painting, in an exhibition, and we're going to go and she she focuses a lot of, uh, um, of paintings on uh, women and a lot of women swimming as well, so things like that. <laughs> uh, so we ended up in one of the paintings, so we're going to go down and do our Brighton Festival show after two, three years or something. <laughs> so that's going to be quite exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. That's... Live performing. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of sandwiched between the two. You're like, yeah, it's, it's nice and poetic, kind of close yeah. loop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, I suppose, and because it, it's Brighton, um, it's my. I feel like it's a homecoming show mm. for me, and my mum and dad get to come and everything. <laughs> so they're mm. quite excited because <laughs> I tend to miss quite a lot of my work. But that's it; you're miles away. This is why you yeah. hate the social media, so your folks can see what you're up to. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says. They just like they know what I'm doing through Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again to Lucy for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests and thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thank you to you, my dear listener. Come back next week and hear me speak to a candle maker. I have yet to interview a butcher or a baker. So if you're one of those, get in touch. If you're listening to this, I assume you have some connection to Leeds, like living here or being from here. If you're such a person in Leeds or from Leeds and you haven't done your recording for working hours yet, then don't wait. Email me now, right now. Quick, get a pen. Workinghourspod at western-studios.com. If you fancy being my guest, put guest in the subject line of your email and add a short bio in the message. Stick in some suggestions of your availability and I'll send you a release form and a Zoom invite. If you'd like to be on working hours, I will need a two-hour window for us to record in. I can record in your work time or during your downtime. I have been recording interviews for working hours for every year on Zoom but I can also record offline. You can appear on Working Hours anonymously, or you can promote yourself and or your company or brand, cleaner or owner. What is your experience? How do you feel about work? What do you like and not like? What do you do, Leeds? Be a part of local history. Have your voice heard. Share your wisdom. Give us the inside skinny. This is your show, Leeds, and it's all about what you make of yourself. Do you know what you're doing?
If you do, then come and tell me all about it. Come on working hours, even if you don't know what you're doing. I certainly don't. Email me right now. Quick, get a pen. Workinghourspod at western-studios.com. If you're allowed to do that, that is. If you're not allowed to do that, then tell me why. If you and your business aren't ashamed of what you do, then let's hear all about it. What good are you doing the rest of us? Are you socially useful? Am I? Is this? Send your feedback, questions, comments, and queries right now to workinghourspod at western-studios.com. What is happening, Leeds? Find out by following this show on Twitter at workinghours3 and on Instagram at workinghourspodleads to find out when new episodes are going to be released. Or just use the hashtag hash workinghourspodleads on either of those sites to find me. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads i'm also on linkedin linkedin.com forward slash i n forward slash simon hyphen treen treen is t-r-double-e-n or you can go to my company page which is linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios if you want to make a podcast in leads whether it's for a cause a publicity campaign a product promotion or your own passion project then get in touch with me Western Studios for support, advice, and guidance on anything podcasts. At Western Studios, you work with a real-life lawyer who is actually in Leeds, who you can actually work with on making podcast content. So don't wade through articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts. Just get on with it. Western Studios can make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios can take on your podcast's boring, time-consuming, and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever tell me about it i feel your pain for a charge i'll share it writers what are you doing with your lives hopefully you're writing well i know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content and made in leads how do i know this because i'm one of them help me make muck for brass a series of short stories poems performers whatever all published as podcast content Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. I want to make it a podcast. I get practice making the show and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Businesses, campaigns, brands have got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start. Hit me up at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. So what do you have to lose? And what are you waiting for? Save yourself the hassle and the headache and make your podcast with a Leeds-based, in real life, podcast producer, that's me, Western Studios Leeds. Once again, please let Working Hours get big and strong by joining its Patreon. Support Working Hours by becoming a champion on Patreon for a pound a month. You can inspire me and motivate me with a membership and maybe one day even be helping to cover all my costs. You can chat to me there and see me do a monthly live stream where, again, you can chat to me all about the show and, God, do I need to find someone to actively share this project with. Go to patreon.com forward slash workinghourspod right now and sign up, please. And or go to Kofi, that's K-O hyphen F-I dot com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month and get access to the Working Hours Discord and chat to me there. I will be putting up additional material on Kofi once there are any members there. Please do remember to like, share, follow, and subscribe to this show. Every little bit helps. Tell your gran, tell your housekeeper, tell your gardener, tell your parole officer, tell your boss, tell leads, and I'll see thee 
next time our kid working hours is presented edited and recorded by simon Treem for western studios leeds limited the music was the bees from chopin's etudes which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org <laughs>